0: This is the third year I've been asking that question. I've been asking it today and uh, it's got a bit more depth, hasn't it? But genuinely, how are you? I really hope that you're keeping well and you're taking care of your loved ones. And if you're not seeing your loved ones, pick up the phone, get on the Skype, get on the FaceTime, check in with people, make sure your friends and family are doing okay Sometimes people just need to talk, you know, they might be bored or they might be stuck inside. They can't go out. They can't see anybody. I got a lovely note through my door yesterday from someone on my street. I don't know. Just saying, you know, these are testing times for us. If anybody needs anything or, you know, somebody that needs something, um, here's my email, let me know, I can go and get some shopping, just drop it off at the door, and then we can sort payment out another time. And it's kindness and generosity like this, uh, I think is what we all need, don't you? On from kindness and generosity to a bit of negativity. What, Craig? Craig, do you think I really need a bit more negativity right now? Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to tell you that the two-shot podcast tour at the beginning of May, that everything was in place. We were going to come and see you in Leeds and Bristol and London and Manchester and Glasgow. Inevitably, of course, we need to keep safe. And I don't really think hundreds of people uh, together listening to people talk is exactly what we need right now, do you? So we have postponed that until I don't know when. Hopefully later in the year, we can sort that out. Another thing that has been cancelled, if you were coming on the 28th to the Not Quite Light Festival in Manchester, of course, that has been postponed too, regrettably. But do you know what? I say this was going to be negative, but this is positive. If we're going to go ahead with it, now that would have been negative. But I think it's really, really important that we all keep safe at these times. And as I'm recording this, the time of recording this is Tuesday. You'll listen to this hopefully on Thursday or whenever you schedule in your listening. Um Birmingham Podfest on the 29th. I did speak with Hannah, one of the organisers yesterday. And yeah, it was still very unclear whether it's gonna be able to go ahead. Um uh, we'll know when we know. Um, but yeah keep this frequency clear, I suppose. So we are going to keep... Sorry, I'm not losing my voice. We are going to keep trying our best every week to bring you new episodes. As it stands, we are around a month ahead, so we've certainly got you back for the next month, and the episodes are exactly what you need, including this week's, which, if you've been watching sex education series two you will know who george robinson is he's absolutely brilliant in the series i completely binged it all the way through before we met at native bankside big shout out to native bankside thank you so much for lending us that lovely room to record in. and then george came to meet us and uh yeah well you're gonna hear it now it's a really fantastic episode and George, I mean, he doesn't shy away from from his story. He really lets, lets it all out. Um, and I was trying to be as sensitive as possible because there were certain things that I knew were going to come up and whether he was able or indeed wanted to talk about them. So I was just sort of taking baby steps and taking his lead, as I always do with the guests. This is not a, um, anything to... You know Exploit our guests It's just if they want to Talk Then we can do that And and hopefully I can facilitate that And I think We did with this And George did send me a lovely text Afterwards saying How much he enjoyed it Um, So I really really hope you enjoy this I'm going to go Because I want you to join me for the outro Because very unusually What I'm going to do in the outro Is I'm going to tell you Who next week's guest is and I promise you, next week is exactly what you're going to need in your life. I, that's not an understatement. I'll see it at the outro. This is episode 118 of the Two Shot Podcast with the brilliant George Robinson. I'll see you at the end. I remember coming up in the lift now and I was saying, you haven't just come here for this, have you? 'Cause no. I know that you don't live in London. I was going, Oh fucking hell, please don't say that, George, you come all the way here for this. I don't want you to be disappointed. No, that's so, fine. Um I hope yeah, hopefully you won't be disappointed. That's the Well, I'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, he's starting already. You're so much like your character.
1: Yeah, there's fuck all acting involved, really. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. Um,
0: so what were you doing this morning?
1: Yeah, I just went to the Facebook studios and so what did you do there? Too. Did they ask
0: you to come there?
1: Yeah, so it was just a meeting just talking about um like use using um Instagram and social media and stuff, so uh, they talked to me about like um like trolling and how to sort of uh, deal with that in terms of like the the settings you can do the way you can block stuff out restrict accounts um and stuff but then it was also just sort of like um the sort of content and building building your brand which sounds a bit um it doesn't seem particularly genuine and organic but it's sort of part of acting, it's like, yeah, that's what you gotta do, you've got to put yourself out there yeah. not only for cast and directors, but it seems to be more and more important that the, the social media of the of how the public perceives you but as well. But hopefully
0: trying to retain the yeah. the human yeah. aspect you know what, of it all.
1: It's it's finding that mix of um putting stuff on your social media accounts that you want um you like you want and you find interesting, interesting. Um, and then, but sort of being a bit more
0: astute. Yeah. So, like what, being...
1: but don't but don't be what people want you to be. Be what you want, and then if the, if people like that and join in.
0: Yeah, and also you've got you know, quite hyper vigilant, and yeah. About what you post. Um, I, I mean, I won't tell it you now. I'll tell you when we finish. I'll tell you a story about <laughs> why I was advised to leave Twitter many years ago. Right. Obviously, I can't share on this forum. No, at that's all. fine. I'll tell <laughs> you after you'll like it. It's, it's, it's a steep learning curve. Right. Noted. Which, you, which you may find useful. <laughs> yeah, noted. If not, you'll certainly find funny. Yeah, so... Nude, um, sir, uh, are off the table. First, I don't be. T- I told you not to bring <laughs> this up on your episode. That was off mic, George. For God's sake. Do you think um, before we get into it? And I want to go. Obviously, I want to go right back. And I don't. And I should have this tattooed on my forehead the amount of times I say it. Obviously, I don't talk about when I have actors on. I don't talk about work that yeah. much. But with a show that's made such an impact yeah. around the world. Like sex education as. have you noticed changes? Have you noticed that people uh, are aware of what is going on because it had such a yeah. huge reach?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think I mean in terms of the how the industry works, Sex Ed was one of the first to to employ the um, intimacy coordinator, mm. um, and that's become huge. So this this lady called um Itha O'Brien.
0: Explain to me what that is. So it's essentially um
1: a stunt coordinator for sex scenes. So the, the way that uh Itha, um O'Brien um explains it is yes, yeah, so if you're doing a fight scene, you'd have a stunt coordinator make it all out so you don't get physically harmed. But with sex scenes, it's equally dangerous because you can get like emotionally Really, be really distressing because you know uh, there have been plenty of of cases. So, um, like, is it blue? Is the warmest color the mm-hmm. the one with like loads of horrible things? And there's no, um, you know, you, you had like a, a director who was just forcing his ideas on, on 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 these actors, and they just weren't comfortable with it. But having someone like that um, there, just making sure that the actors are comfortable and that there's a, there's a healthy balance. Um, on set.
0: That's incredible. I didn't even know... I've been doing this, like, 20 years, and I've... I know you're looking at me thinking, have you done sex scenes, Craig? Yes, George, (laughs) I have done a few, and they've been terribly embarrassing for everybody involved. I've never known uh, an intimacy coordinator.
1: Intimacy coordinator, yeah. Wow,
0: brilliant. Well, Mm -hmm. this surely this must be a new thing.
1: Yeah, I think... So I'm I'm not sure... um, Yeah, I'm not sure when... Like how, how how many things it was done beforehand but yeah the first season of um, Sex Ed
0: was one of the I think that's fantastic because already they're setting the stall out and going look I know what th- this show is yeah. and there's a I mean it takes a lot to shock me but I remember when I saw the first series and I went even that, yeah. that big first scene yeah. in season two it's oh, I love that so it's much shocking oh it's the it's, it's the best Three minutes of television, and whenever I see things like that, I go, "Oh God!" Yeah. If my mum watched this, oh yeah. crikey!
1: Yeah, my grandma watched it. Oh, she did she? Didn't?
0: Yeah, she did. Uh, what, what did she say uh, to you? She said, "Yeah, uh, you know, she, that was fun." <laughs> <laughs> but we've got to remember, just because they're a different generation, exactly. They've done exactly what no, exactly. They've I mean. Done it all.
1: I, I mean, I, I don't, don't want do to put no that image of, that matter, of, of your poor
0: grandma in your head, George, yeah. or anybody else listening for that matter. <laughs> or they're probably thinking about their own parents now. Yeah, we yeah should just create that image. We, that's done. Let's just, let's just sit with that now. Settle in. <sighs> and let's move yeah. the conversation <laughs> on, I think. That's good. So let's... So where are you now? But you're Peterborough? Peterborough, yeah. Is so that where you... are just outside of Peterborough in Stamford. Is that where you were born? Uh, no, I was born in Nottingham. You're born in Nottingham. Yeah. I love Nottingham. It's a great place. Yeah, it's
1: so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, so I've like pretty much moved to like Peterborough for, lived there most of my life really.
0: And what was it like growing up in Peterborough? Uh, I mean, it was like
1: relatively, um, you know, relatively normal, sort of like a, in a village, just about 10 minutes outside. So it was it was quite bit, quiet. Like, yeah, really quiet. So there weren't, uh, Loads and loads of kids, my age really, Um, so and like, so it was sort of we had to go into like the local town just to um, hang out. Yeah, which was very fun. Uh, Yeah, then I moved to
0: mischief. Not really. I was quite a. It's just there was uh, there was quotation marks around fun then. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) um, No, like I think um, when I was when I moved to um, secondary school. I uh, moved to uh, in a place called Stanford. Which I sort of spent most of my time there. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, it was like twenty minutes away in the car, and it just obviously get my mum to like take take me into mm. uh, into town whenever I wanted to go. It just sort of became that extra barrier and because I'd sort of because most of my mates lived on the other side, so they not not there's Stanford and then Peterborough but they lived on the opposite side of Stamford to
0: Peterborough if you know yeah okay um yeah which is a bit of a pain if you want to just no exactly so like so
1: if anyone lived on the other side of Stamford it was just like miles or like a like a half an hour and growing up was it
0: just you or had you got siblings No,
1: so I got a brother like a a younger brother so he's 22 months younger um yeah, so twenty-two
0: months younger. Yeah, twenty-two months. God, that's so specific. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. you've got to be specific. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's uh, so I'm uh, so he was one school year below me. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah, we get on real well. You do get on.
0: Yeah. So yeah. nice, good, calm. Yeah, I mean, family we've, we've, grown up. We,
1: it's always been that sort of um, competitive nature. I mean, he he's very he yeah he was good at football, so he would play in My team when we played football as kids, and that really fucking (laughs) hurt me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because like because I've always been like the lanky physically. So in terms when it came to him, don't talk um, to me about
0: lanky George. Come on, I've lived my whole life being that. nothing we should be proud of being lanky. Yeah, just
1: I mean I think I've sort of gotten away with it now with the chair. I can sort of conceal. (laughs) Conceal the length <laughs> of, of, of me. I'm folded away somewhat. Um, but yeah, so I, whenever, whenever we played football, he was more skillful and I was more flailing limbs and and stuff. I managed to get away with it.
0: But was sport, was it sport or the more academic side at school for you? Uh, or, or neither? I think
1: it was neither and both, I guess. I right. mean, I've always sort of uh, been in sport, so I was quite good at like cross country and running and stuff. Um, yeah, I was always like in, into football and rugby and all of that. Um, so I'd say like, sports been like the ongoing thing throughout my life. So um, the weekends would be you know, Saturday I'd have like school rugby and Sunday I'd have like club rugby and but before that would be you know football
0: and because it was really taking up a lot of sort of yeah I mean it wasn't activities. wasn't
1: to, like a Particularly amazingly high level. I mean, uh, I, I did try and dabble in like pursuing the cross country a bit more because I was I was quite quite good at that. Um, so I got to like um, the national prep school finals for 1,500 you, yeah. meters and stuff in year seven. So I thought I'd pursue that, but I just realised that I just fucking hated it. <laughs> um, particularly like because the nature of cross country is just winter; it's freezing. Yeah, you go you. You're you running for, you know, half an hour in mud
0: and it's not a happy environment. No,
1: exactly. So I I did I I did that and I was just like, yeah, I'm good at this, but I can't be asked. <laughs> um and I didn't I didn't like training for it, so um that's just out relied, yeah, I just relied on like the the, the natural um the natural like, ability and and I was sort of always been one of those people that I'm competitive but if people start beating me I sort of lose yeah I don't yeah so like I got to the stage where I was I was very good so I would beat but I'd become first in my year at like the 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 Burley run as it was called so right. the yearly um, race um, but yeah as soon as I started people started beating me at like a higher level I was just like That's nah been yeah I'll just no. um, yeah so I just focused on um, academics then got a bit more into like drama and stuff.
0: Was it happy time at school? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I sort of um, yeah. I, I remember just being one of those people who I wasn't particularly naughty, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't say I like necessarily one of those forgetful people who sort of just mills away. I was one of those people who just going quite happily just get on with their their work, but at the same time have a laugh with my mates and stuff. um yeah, I had a good, I had a decent time at school. Did you have right a good
0: relationship with your brother? Were you taking your brother was at the same school? Yeah, yeah. so he was
1: just a, a year younger than me. Um, so, yeah, so I had to sort of be mates with his mates. He, like, did drama as well, so... That when like, did the...
0: When was drama on the curriculum at your school?
1: Yeah, yeah, so luckily there was a really good um, drama department and uh, in the time that I was at the school, they had really stepped up their... Um, They'd realised that drama was actually a really, really good um, aspect of the school. So, like the productions, they started to get a bit, bit more funding, so they could be a bit more ambitious. Right. Um, yeah, realised so, it was
0: an it was an important part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it,
1: it, the, it, I think it was the way that, um, I think I think the school realised that what drama allowed people to do is develop a, a like a different side of themselves and. Uh, an, an aspect of um themselves that could like properly open up so i think in the like, the the few years above me like the head boys and the deputy head boys were nearly all like involved in some way in in drama
0: wow so it was um, really encouraged to yeah, improve so the it, social yeah, skills
1: yeah so it's just like you know the, the, like the speaking in public and just sort of expressing yourself that was all um yeah that that they all seemed to um yeah, embrace that actually, but it is important, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. if you look back in the, like English culture and British culture, it, it does seem to be incredibly embedded. You know, like Shakespeare and then
0: yeah, you know, of all, course.
1: all of that. It's, it, and then it seems to be. I mean, particularly in the the um, states, act like you know, state schools and that it seems to be somewhat neglected. Yeah, um, and I'm so very lucky to have gone to school that that put that emphasis on it. Um,
0: and what, yeah. was it an all-boys school? Yeah. Oh, it was, right, yeah. okay.
1: Um, there, I mean, there was a, an equivalent girls' school like, in the town, but it was sort of just... Yeah, it was like sort of a diamond system. So the junior school was um, boys and girls, but I didn't go to that one. Um, and then, I'm, not,
0: I'm not saying my school when I was growing up didn't take drama seriously. Yeah. Um, but there was certain... Certainly for the, for the lads, they either took drama... Um, as a DOS. Right. Or they took it because they knew that a lot of nice girls did drama. Yeah, so I mean, there's an, the there's an
1: aspect of that. So, um, I think when, when there's a, there's a, a school like that, you do tend to look for opportunities to, <laughs> to, to, to mingle with the girls.
0: But school. also, you're growing up and you get yeah. to know your own body and there's new feelings coming well, in. No, exactly. You don't, actually, so, I want to, want to converse yeah. with the
1: girls. I, I did a, I did I was at the athletics team because, you know, the the athletics team was, was mixed for a bit. Um, yeah, and then drama because the productions were mixed as well.
0: And at this point, were you thinking that drama would take you into a career or was it just...?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I I have been looking back and just thinking, what? what what was going through my mind at that stage what mm-hmm. did I want to do and the the problem was I've always been a bit of an all-rounder so I've been able, I've been not incredible at everything but I've just you know been able to do most things to yeah, a no, no, reasonably already yeah reasonably good level um so it's all it's sort of been because I'd never really known what I really wanted to do there was nothing that particularly Stood out that I was amazing at. I mean, I was good at running, but I fucking hated it. Um,
0: It's interesting because some people, you know, I sometimes think back to school, and I always knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, whether I was going to achieve it or not was another matter. But I kind of knew what I wanted. I remember loads of people around me didn't have a clue Mm. about what they wanted, and then they would go off to the careers advisor who was. Obviously, absolutely useless. Yeah. And everything was just stats and figures and went, right, okay, so it says uh, you're going to be predicted this grade, so therefore, uh, this is your career. It's a load of bollocks, mate. It's absolutely a load bollocks. of bollocks. Like, listen to mm. kids about yeah. what they want and encourage them to go, do you know what? You can kind of do whatever, you can try to kind yeah. of do whatever you want. Even.
1: And there's no, I think the, the issue is there does seem to be this emphasis on, rushing into into stuff. And you just don't need that. You don't need to rush you've got so much time just to think through. I mean, particularly nowadays, people go through, you know four or five different careers in of their life. So in the in the past that that wouldn't be the case. Um, you know, like in the past if you came from a um some my 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 granddad, he um he lived in Edinburgh, his family were all minors. Right. Um, you know, so like he went into the mine and luckily he was good enough at football. Right. That he, you know, went into the football. But if he hadn't been as good, he would have just been a minor for... So he went into football professionally?
0: Yeah, so he played for Grimsby Town. Did he? Bobby Ross, yeah. Having been a minor?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, after that and then he yeah, moved down.
0: Yeah. See, it always It always slightly saddens me when people I know are, are probably unhappy in their career. yeah. Or kind of in life, really, mm. and they'll just go. Well, it's you know, it's too late for me well, now. Yeah,
1: it's, but it's what I do. What what else can I do?
0: Anything. Yeah, ex- it's, ex- like exactly. it's never too late. Yeah. You make the change. Mm. So, in that respect, when you're about to leave school, it's kind of this a bit of an open playing field for you, really, yeah. because you were ticking pretty much all the boxes. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out what was a pull and where was there any passion?
1: Well, I think I think it was the... So I got injured uh, year, in between year 12 and year 13. Right. So I was 17 uh, on a school rugby tour and then just broke my neck in a tackle. So I just sort
0: of dove in. Do you mind if we talk about that sort yes, of a yeah. bit more in depth? Yeah. That's so you, you, you've you gone to South Africa, you? yeah? Yeah. Um, with I, the school.
1: Like I said, I was all right at rugby, but wasn't particularly great. Uh, I think, yeah, so I was just sort of, um, yes, yeah, so we went to, flew into Durban. Uh, well, flew into Joburg then went to Durban and um, just, like, played a few games there and then moved down to Cape Town. Mm. Um, I stayed with a lovely, lovely family there Um and then, yeah, so the day after I went to Cape Town and played this game and, you know, I just, uh, I, I, I didn't start on the game, in the game. So I, because, you know, I think I, I annoyed the teacher <laughs> on the bus there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I and then and then I came on in the second half, um, but I was, I was in the loo when the second half started. Right. Um, and I, you know, potted back, um, and the coach, yeah, like, told me off front, I was like, oh, but I was like, so I was like really eager to sort of, to like make it up to him, I guess. And then, uh, so I just sort of decided to be a bit more boisterous to my tackles. Right. Uh, and yeah, so I sort of dove in, uh, to one of the tackles and, uh, I think he, the guy must have like sidestepped or something and then, uh, dislocated my, sp- uh, spinal column,
0: um did you realise just prior to the accident that you'd gone in? I mean, no, something I, I don't I
1: don't know. I think I'd always been, I know, I'd, I'd played rugby most of my life, but I hadn't really ever properly listened to technique in, in tackles. I sort of would just chuck myself at people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I sort of had I'd done, I knew it was probably a, a shit tackle. I just thought, right, put a big hit in. Um, yeah, and but then yeah, that happened. I sort of just I remember lying on the floor, just like, well, I can't feel stuff. That's a bit weird.
0: So you knew something immediately that yeah, wasn't but, right. But I wasn't sure if it was sort of shock or whatever. I wasn't necessarily sure of
1: the the aspects of it in in terms of um yeah, physiologically, I hadn't really clicked what really had happened Mm. um i was fully conscious so i was chatting away i was thinking it was like the adrenaline was sort of getting to me so i kept talking yeah
0: did other people around you because sometimes if something happens yeah uh, you see the look on other people's face and you realize oh something isn't right
1: yeah so i remember like i was lying on my right side and then i was like looking down at my body and then just sort of one of the um I can't remember if I heard the whistle blow or anything. Um, yeah, but then I remember one of the opposition's parents like came down beside me and, and then they said to like, get the ambulance or whatever, so I don't know what I would have looked like, um, so whether like you know, it was visible that I'd broke my neck or whatever.
0: Um, and you're still fully conscious throughout yeah, all this? Yeah, fully conscious. Um, Were you in any pain, George? No. No, really. Wow. Because I'm, I'm a bit of a wimp
1: when it comes to pain, so it's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, me too. Um,
1: yeah, and then I just sort of remember chatting away. Um, I don't even remember when I get, get into the ambulance and stuff. I'd like, right, I'll be right back, lads. Um, and then when I was in the ambulance, I was chatting to the nurses, the, um, flirting them and stuff. Uh, and then I swore. And I got told off. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I went, and I got to the the hospital in South Africa, the nearest one, which was just like luckily uh, had one of the best and surgeons in in South Africa. Luckily. And this was in Durban. Uh, no, Cape Town. Probably. I was in Cape Town, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Then I moved, uh, got into there. I remember like um, getting to the the hospital, and I almost felt. I, I felt ridiculous for saying it because it seems like such a thing that you would hear in like films and stuff. I asked the um, I asked the doctor just like quite casually, just like, "Do you think I'll walk again?" And he just said like,
0: "I don't know." Was this you asked that question before the doctors had told you exactly what had happened? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so there's something in you that yeah you knew because I knew I I knew because I couldn't feel
1: below sort of chest, like upper
0: chest really. right okay um and was yeah. the uh, when was the adrenaline sort of starting to subside because i'm wondering if probably just kind of kicked
1: I, in. yeah so just as i got out out of the ambulance i I remember asking him um yeah if i could like, walk again or whatever and then not nothing after that so i don't know necessarily whether they injected me with something to stop me from Panicking or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was the last thing. And then I woke up um, after 12 hours of surgery. So I've got like bolts in my neck.
0: And right. So they put you straight into, into yeah, surgery? Yeah, straight
1: in. Right. Um, yeah. And then I woke up and my dad was by my side. And he'd been, he had he wasn't in South Africa. He'd flown over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because clearly like, they'd rung, rung my sure. parents up
0: and just been like, yeah, this, this is bad. You should come. I mean it seems um probably a silly or possibly redundant question to ask um when you woke up and you saw your dad there how yeah. how was your dad coping with this
1: uh, my dad's a very strong mental mentally per- like mentally a very strong person yeah um so he, I mean, he was trying to put like he was trying to be the best version of himself for me, yeah of course um I mean every now and then you did you did see like sort of like the facade sort of drop slightly, but he was always very uh aware of you know being like strong for me,, yeah. and I really really appreciate that, because I was yeah. sort of getting used to everything um
0: and who who was the first person when you came to that sort of started to feed you information about you know, with the operation and what they tried to do and what was happening yeah, to you so and the, what the
1: the neurosurgeon, so Dr. Uh, Liebenberg, he like spoke to me about what he'd done. I seen it show me the uh X rays and so the, the pictures of uh of my neck and, and, and stuff. Um it's all it is a bit of a blur really haven't really yeah. Um, Sorry if this is no, too, no, too no, much to go into, but honestly, yeah. it's fine. Um, you know, it's part of my story is, you know, well, um, Yeah, so i sort of um, piece together, and then one of the, the things regarding my injury was um, the, my intercostal... So when you breathe, I mean, you probably know this as an so when you breathe, you breathe with your intercostal muscles yeah. and with your diaphragm, but my injury has meant as mean, so that I can't... I, don't have access to the intercostal muscles, right. only the diaphragm. Um, so, if you like, sort of, I mean, like, uh, if you can like listen to the way I breathe, breathe actually to sort of make sense in terms of um, you. You can sometimes hear it, uh, but yeah. So, like my at, the, at that time, because I my whole life i been mainly rely on my intercostal muscles to breathe. My diaphragm wasn't strong enough to breathe breathe on its own. Sure. Um so I eventually had a uh, tracheotomy put in sort was put on a ventilator to, to sort of aid in that. Um yeah, um which was just, I mean it's obviously quite an invasive procedure, but it definitely definitely helped. Um but it didn't uh help the fa- uh the fact that I sort of um developed uh, tuberculosis. <laughs>
0: Oh god, really? Yeah, it
1: was, it was like quite latent. Yeah. So I wasn't too, but I only, yeah. I only found that out like quite a few months down the line. Um, but yeah, so my like lung, my lung like collapsed, and uh, yeah, like pseudomonas and um, pneumonia and stuff. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was in quite a bad way.
0: Yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> So at this moment you were still could you still not feel anything from above? Yeah
1: so I mean my, my level of injury is complete. I mean, all spinal cord injuries are incredibly different. So whether you, mm-hmm. even if you're um, injured at exactly the same level or like pretty much in the same way, the, the, the way that the spinal cord works is like very, very weird individuals, so you can't really um, predict.
0: Um, How certainly. it's going to affect it? Will yeah. Affect different so, people in different ways.
1: But the majority of the time, so I was injured. Um, so the the spinal column between C four and C five, which is probably about there, really.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: so that Sorry, means just that for the so,
0: podcast, you're just sort of yeah. So yeah. just above the near the collarbone. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. but there. um, there's like quite a few diagrams and stuff. Um,
0: yeah, to look, if you're uh, listening, just look it up. Uh, yeah. You'll find it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, uh, that means that so it's sort of an area just above um, my nipples and right. stuff. So, you know, that's a lovely image.
0: Um, that's another, let's just close every, Ooh. at just close your eyes. Let's just think, of <sighs> nipples. And we're back, and we're back <laughs> in the hospital. Thank you, George.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is. It is weird when you're going through a spinal because there's a lot of spinal shock that happens where pretty much like it just all the the body just like goes into like oh
0: shut like down what
1: was what, happened. Yeah. Um, so like all the like the reflexes stop um, below that level of injury for a, a certain time. So one of the tests that they did for to see how the spinal shock was doing was you know the, the typical hammer to the knee. Yeah. It, it, it is that. So, like, if you were to do that to anyone else, they would, the the reflex would be it would like kick out, but that like initially that didn't like it would like do the the hammer to the knee, and like there would be nothing, and then as the spinal shock goes down, that that reflex comes back. Okay. Um, but not that I have like access to that. Um,
0: uh, it's interesting muscle. when you say that because when you think of that, you go, "Oh, like, <coughs> excuse me." Such a basic thing, but it obviously it's so basic. But it's it's been like that throughout history, and it works. Yeah, it works for a reason.
1: Yeah, um, and then the other the other thing that um, thing with spinal cord injuries is that the the spinal shock also means that like some as, some parts of your body will come back, um, and like so slowly, like. So for me, it was my arms. So initially, I couldn't feel anything sort of below that level, just below below my um, nipples. I couldn't feel yeah. like any, of, any of my arms or anything. So and like you, just you, top, and you couldn't
0: move your arms just, either? No. So right. just, the,
1: just like the top of my shoulders, so I could like shrug maybe, but I was like really weak at the time. Um, did, it affect, it, did
0: it affect your speech in any way? Uh,
1: yeah, so um, I couldn't swallow for uh a well, while particularly when the the uh tracheotomy was inside like um like through the nose n g tube and and stuff uh yeah and the 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 weird the, the weird aspect of it was was waking up every morning well not every morning but so for the first few mornings at least waking up and um like I'd be able to... Like the first the first movement I had was that one. So just, just that. Um, just at home. So, so, George, sorry, George, yeah. George has got his it's hand a, on the it's table. So it's, it's it's like I'm on the table and I'm sort of just, just that in my sort wrist. Not, moving not quite, his wrist
0: yeah. up and down.
1: So that was the first movement
0: I got. And I was like, oh, awesome. I was going to say, how did you feel when that sort uh, of came back? It, it wasn't as... My like,
1: like an eureka moment. It wasn't like anything like, oh, oh my goodness. See, I, I no. Can, I can do that. It was sort of just like, all right, I can do that. Cool. Um, because that's but not really a, a functional thing. I couldn't. No, no. I but
0: you're like, saying that, and I'm thinking, God, you're dealing with this in a very calm way. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. I think it's. I, I can't. I can't really remember what I felt like when. Really, when that happened, but um. Yeah, it was, and then, so the, the next day, um, I could like move my right bicep a bit. Okay, cool. Again, and then it's sort of like the days go on, and you you, you almost get used to waking up every morning and thinking, right, what, what, what what's today what, going to bring? What more's come back? Yeah, and then then that like, that stops really, and then you just go, okay, this is. It really so my left side came in a bit later on. It started off with a twitch in the left bicep, and it sort of built up from 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 there. But for a lot of times, sort like the sensation sort of stayed the same, and it's sort of like okay, this is this is what it is now. Right. And I'm quite fortunate in the fact that my level of injury is complete. So, um, so because it was sort of a, a transection of the spinal cord it like went through um so the, 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 the spinal cord was severed pretty much completely. So I know exactly pretty much what I can and can't do and based like on the diagrams pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um and then since like going through the whole process of it, you, you meet people with incomplete spinal cord injuries. And yeah, I guess you could say that they're Fortunate because they've got more movement, so bad. some of them can like move their legs, and but they don't really know their injury, really. Right. They've got rogue move like they rope movements where they can just like, right, I can feel that, but I can't move it. How how does how does that work? And yeah. like, not if they if they don't have the ability to articulate that to a doctor, then then what really? Yeah. Um, of so i I I think and because and particularly for um real, like incomplete people who are able to walk, so they go through spinal injuries and they can they can walk. There's a tremendous amount of guilt. Tremendous amounts of guilt. When so there are people who get injured, like break their neck and or or whatever and they end up being able to walk. Mm. But, you know, they can't maybe not maybe they can't walk particularly amazingly. Um so they have a, like a, a large limp or whatever. There's like the it almost feels easier just to be in a chair, just, you know, push along. Yeah. Rather than, you know, limping and like people think, Oh, look, he's drunk or whatever. Yeah. There's I mean it's it's for me, it is easier to sort of deal with for me. Um I guess I can I guess that's easy for me to say rather than um you know, from the other side of, like, well, a well, are the or one,
0: whatever. You're the one that can say it, because you're yeah. the one that's feeling it. Because yeah. <clears throat> I was going to ask, so there's been, you know, you've had lots of operations and things are coming back, and you're still in South Africa at this point, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Were the doctors or the neurosurgeons predicting how long you were going to have to stay in South Africa? Because obviously, look, I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure you can't be up and getting on a flight back over to the UK yeah. straight um, away. So see
1: so, so yeah, I think the the whole the whole time they were sort of like thinking it was like obviously at some point you're gonna have to go back. Um but like in particular initially I wasn't really in a well enough state. No. But at the same time in South Africa they were really wrestling. they wanted to to um, be active. So I was sitting on the edge of the bed within a week of my injury. Which, yeah. yeah, I mean, which over here is like unheard of. I'd be in a neck brace, a yeah, yeah. bedrest, but um, I'm really, really grateful actually for that because it meant that um, my neck muscles didn't waste the way as much. Because right. I, I mean, I've got a really fucking long neck anyway. <laughs> I'm very strong as well, in, well yeah. Yeah, giraffe. Um,
0: <laughs> so welcome, 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 welcome to our world. Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, i um so i they i actually felt like i was um really getting better um and as like as much as I could have yeah. all that at the time um but yeah so then i spent 37 days in hospital in in south africa before i got a, uh, an air ambulance so it was a a private um plane that i i got on it's a tiny fucking thing so,
0: all, all the way back to the UK. Yeah,
1: so thirteen hours. No maybe, maybe more. So we stopped off in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Right. And Algeria. Um yeah. And then I went to Addenbrooks in Cambridge, spent forty seven days there, and then went to a Spaniard Unit in Sheffield.
0: Um yeah. we are having were you having to have obviously having to have more tests and things, we have to have more operations as no, well. No. No, oh.
1: so no, I'd literally had that first stabilize like um so that was the that's the only operation I've actually right okay had on 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 my neck and and, and stuff. Um so I've like, like but part of it would be like scans and stuff to see sure. if that, that was all fine but yeah, so that's the only of have had. And were it. they just
0: monitoring you, like say we were in Sheffield, or was this part of rehabilitation? So that, that was re-
1: rehabilitation. Right. So, um, <coughs> so in Ad, in I sort of deteriorated. I'd contracted, um, yeah. So like I said, I'd, I'd had um, pneumonia. My lung, my lung collapsed. i had to have a uh, a drain on my lung just to um, drain some of the fluid away. Um, like a few. Uh, bronchoscopies where they send a tube down and suction out shite um right. yeah, and then i then so i had i sort of deteriorated i got i got a bit i got a bit worse health wise um because and uh, and uh, yeah, so for various reasons, I was in a it's like a little room um you know with no lights no no windows or anything like that, right. um so that was difficult um I lost a lot of weight. I mean, I'm not particularly big anyway, but I think I got down to, like, sub 50 kgs. and I don't think you can afford
0: to lose, to be honest. Um,
1: Yeah, and I'm 6'2", so um, quite quite lean. Um,
0: Can I ask, like, we know sort of physically what you've told us, like, what was going on, but what I'm interested in, how this was affecting you mentally and... Emotionally, how you were beginning to deal with it. I mean, was there obviously we've established there was physical rehabilitation. Yeah, who was there to support you uh, mentally?
1: Um, just my family, right? Uh, family, and my friends.
0: Did they not put anything into play with that with the health service? Um, because I'm just trying to think of big, big, yeah, changes. Is life changes?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that was sort of more in Sheffield, the Spani unit itself. Right. So part of it was, I mean, part it, a lot of it came uh, came together. So the physio, they'd be talking to you about like what what you can do and and stuff. So then there's occupational therapy, which is more practical skills yeah. and and stuff, just talking through, you know. Um, what what life is like but a lot of that you sort of learn with it um i wouldn't necessarily say that there's a real time where they sit down and think right so how are you feeling or 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 anything like that i think because you're in a you're in a um social situation whether you're around other people with spinal injuries so they've gone through um similar things but you know some some of them are paraplegic so they've yeah. like broken their back or whatever so they can like move their upper body and stuff um, so you're all sort of handling it together as a bit more of a, a social
0: you know, a bit more of a support um, network yeah. Yeah. yeah so
1: within yourself so you know I had a um, this guy came so I moved I came to the Sheffields funny in, in like uh, probably about early October time and, and how long were you there for, George? So and Sheffield. In Sheffield, I was I got there in October, I left May of the next year. Um but in that time, so I had like um a guy called Dan who um who broke his neck at a similar level, but he was an incomplete injury, so he um, you know, like went through those those uh those trials um himself. But like within but like every like all the patients sort of tend to Go through different stages of, you know, isolating themselves. Sure. And then eventually, you know, not all the time, not all the time, but um, coming together
0: to, to to sort
1: of help one another out.
0: Um, Did you go through any sort of stage of isolation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to the stage of my um, session in um where I just sort of wanted, like, I, I, I couldn't really be left alone at that stage at that stage but I sort of didn't really um I mean there was no one for me to talk to I was in and um and I can't remember what it was like a new like a neuro ward right literally everyone was like in a coma or 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 whatever so I was the only person really um like cognitively um uh, conscious yeah um so I mean I, I sort of tended to and say myself with the the person who was on shift or or whatever, and then my family would be around. Um, but yeah, I did just go through stages of sort of isolating, just you know, um, I mean, I wasn't really getting up and out, out in the chair. But even so, like, even so, I sort of just didn't really tend to talk. I just watched TV as like just to keep my mind active, I guess. And do
0: obviously to do what you need to do at that time, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah you know from and i can't even begin to, to to sort of think about how it was and what you were feeling like yeah. and emotionally what you were going through but was the times when it was very difficult to stay positive
1: uh yeah yeah um particularly the first few days uh in in south africa i remember having a a conversation with my dad cuz at this time i wasn't really sure the the how long it would be like this. So, um, I'd I'd recently read, um, you know, Bear Grylls' book when he'd say that he broke his back and then a year later he climbed Mount Everest. And oh, I was yeah. like, right, I'm gonna do that. I wanna you know, in a year's time, I'm gonna get better and and then, and do something like that. Um, because because you I had no idea about sure. how it's gonna be. Um, and then I remember saying to my like my dad was just like saying, yeah, you you can. You can keep being strong, Dad. I remember just like starting to cry and just "I don't want the same to him, I don't want to have to be strong," which made sense at the time and still does make sense. The fact, like, I've always thought of myself as quite a mentally strong person, but it's having to having to go through those things to be strong.
0: Yeah, of course. So it's
1: a bit of a shitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I've went through it a lot of times with that. Um yeah, so, I mean, luckily my family are all beautiful people.
0: And you come from such a strong and, you know, rooted family anyway, as we spoke yeah. about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so you were in Sheffield October to May? Yeah, yeah. So um. then at May, were they saying, well, this part of the rehabilitation is complete now
1: yeah so it's sort of like there we've, there's um, there's like you're as good as you're ready physically to to leave Um, yeah and I, I, I felt I felt I was
0: oh you did feel that uh, I was kind of thinking because yeah. from South Africa it's it's been health service and you've been yeah. in more or less like institutions um, being helped and rehabilitated yeah. and now yeah
1: so I was sort of just like healthy enough to to go off I wasn't getting any chest infections or anything right, like that um, I was by then off the, the the ventilator
0: and you'd put that weight back on uh,
1: not all of it not all of it but it was um, but it was on
0: the, the yeah was oh yeah I was
1: I was, I was I was no longer 50 kg right um, yeah um, so I was on the way back and sort of um, really lucky I mean because of my age I was 17 when I got injured by the time I got out of hospital I was um, 18 so i uh went back and moved in with my parents at home like I would have done been i would went just back back and live with them um and then finished my final year of school um I mean which is really lucky because one of the the issues um that a lot of people go through is they they're older than than I was so they can 't really move back in with their parents yeah um and they're in a house where they can't adapt it, so they've got to go into a care home. So they've gone through all these amazing steps in the spinae, they've, they've, you know, physically, and then just like, right, okay, you're done now, brilliant. Well, like, re- we're releasing you into the real world, and it's like, no, you're going to go into a care home with, you know, eight-year-olds on pads of yeah. care. I, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Because people have got families, they've got kids, yeah. and got to see their, their mum or dad in a care home. So I'm I'm so incredibly lucky that
0: I didn't have to go through that. Um And take that huge step sideways having yeah. had that positivity of going through yeah. it. Yeah. Um how was it um going back to school?
1: Weird. Weird. Um it always been that had been the thing getting me through. Um, the rehabilitation process, um, just finish school, get that, get that closure, finish it off. Um, but uh, like annoying because it was been, it had been my, it was my year off, my my gap year. Yeah. Um, in that time, the year I was in had finished year thirteen and left. So when I came back, I had. Uh, I was in with the year below, so my brother's year, so you know, I had a pool of friends that I, you know, um, like chilled with and stuff. Um, but it was, I mean, there was, I guess, a few small bits were weird. So going around school at a different heights, just sitting, yeah, like just going down the the classroom, just you know, not the six foot two. I
0: was going to say, whereas it, these were the corridors and classrooms that you previously, yeah, you'd walk down. They've just everything's changed. Yeah,
1: Um you know, I just sort of got there and 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 did it <laughs> essentially.
0: But it must have been quite hard, even emotionally, to adapt to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the school were fantastic. They were really, really helpful. So they gave me a. A, a, a spot to to go to go to um, if like it got too intense because you know when you've been in hospital for so long it's such a contained atmosphere yeah yeah I
0: was gonna say um,
1: you know and you get used to all the noises and, and stuff and sometimes that can get a bit overwhelming with um you know going to school and you got little shitters well and also it's quite boisterous because
0: everybody's got their own. Shit going on at school and there's that yeah. bucket of people there doing that and if you're thrust back into it.
1: Yeah. Um so I mean luckily my the house that we moved that we, we lived on was about two minutes walk from school. Right. So at that time I wasn't comfortable enough eating at school in the old in the cafeteria because I just wasn't comfortable being seen eating. Of course. Being being fed by someone else. Yeah. Um because my, yeah, because my hands are somewhat compromised. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I decided to, right, okay, I'm going to do school, I'm going to do the class, I'm going to chill at break time, I'm going to socialise. But at that stage, I wasn't ready to...
0: No, I was to, gonna to say,
1: I mean... For that. Um,
0: so Even with a positive mindset, it's so yeah, easier so I, said I, than I, done. I found,
1: yeah, sort of just like have that hour off, just to unwind and just be like, right, okay, back in again let's go again um yeah so and then the school fantastic for that they really they really helped. Yeah, yeah. yeah um so and uh maybe maybe because that's you know because i went i was I was on a school trip when that my injury happened so you know they had a sense of duty towards me um you know they you know put ramps in and and all of that, so I'm just incredibly
0: grateful. But I'm sure even if it sort of didn't happen on their watch, so to speak, you're a long-standing pupil at that school, so I'm sure they would have... You would have hoped they would have done that anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, obviously, everything's turned around. Um, At this point, when you're just starting to... Go down this new path, really. Yeah. And you'd finished your exams. So I'd
1: done um, my AS levels. Right. And done pretty shit, to be honest. Um, and I remember I'd been injured for two weeks. I'd broken my neck. And then my school results, my AS levels came round, and they were pretty shit. I remember getting told off. Told Did off to sort of like, because they were shit. My was like, mum, I was just lying <laughs> in bed, just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just like, well, <coughs> almost lucky that I had
0: this to soften the play <laughs> and So, um, So what was the plan then? Were you going to retake or were you? Yeah,
1: so I, so I, I actually, no, I've, I've completely forgot about that. I retook one of my maths exams whilst I was in
0: hospital in Sheffield. Oh, did you?
1: Yeah, so I had a tutor come in, Um yeah, and said... Oh, that's me.
0: kind of incredible that you're already on.
1: Oh, yeah, I think it was just because I needed to be mentally stimulated. There's only so much homes under the hammer. And come down with me, you can watch. Oh,
0: don't you sound like Carl Pilkington? He loves his daytime shows. <laughs> yeah, That's why he is like he is, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, of course there is. You need, you need to be stimulated. My God. Yeah,
1: so that was really really helpful Um, so I managed to do that and I think I got an A in that one alright I think I can't remember Um, let's let's say you got an A A star (laughs) star.
0: don't don't build it all (laughs) keep it realistic George
1: Um, yeah so yeah I I did that Um, Yeah. Um, yeah
0: and did you think were you starting to think about the future at all
1: uh, or were you, th- were you more thinking day-to-day? I think the way I've always sort of thought is is day-to-day. Um, I think that's even before before the injury. I mean, I guess you could say after the injury, you sort of have to focus on day-to-day, what the next challenge is going to be yeah. or, or, or whatever. But I think I'd always been, been short-sighted. <laughs> um,
0: well, I don't know. I don't necessarily feel it is short-sighted, I think, day-to-day is very positive way. Right?
1: Mm. Well, I, yeah, so I think I'd always done that, but I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't really been 100% sure what I wanted to do, but it's what had started, particularly sort of year 12, I'd sort of think, been thinking like, right, I'd, I really want to give this acting a go, so I was thinking about applying for um, drama schools. Right. Um, you know, i getting... Ready for that, Um, and then when also injury happens, and I come back, and you know, I I was like, "Oh shit, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do now? Um, Can I still do it? Do I want to do it? Am I physically able? Uh, Am I emotionally ready for, for, for to go back into that? Are drama schools?" Accommodating enough to to go back into them?
0: Um, Is the business going to be am, am I, accommodating? Yeah, enough? or or even am
1: I good enough to do that? Regardless of the injury, am I good enough? Um, so did I? So one of my A levels I decided to do was was drama, was theatre studies, right? Um, and that was a really great way. And I mean the 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 theatre studies department at the school were the most like all of them are the most fantastically amazing. People, um, yeah, I have a huge, huge amount of thanks to give to them for pushing me and, and supporting me and coming and to visit me in hospital w- and stuff.
0: Was that starting to feed your soul a bit more and your yeah. creativity?
1: Yeah, because I think I'd I sort of, I, I was, I could do the academic stuff, but I wasn't massively into it I wasn't I realized that I sort of didn't really couldn't really be bothered with uh, maths even though it was one of my a-levels I sort of did it and then sort of like right that's done you, no more
0: yeah but there didn't seem to be any sort of passion there for it, yeah. it was like right, well, I can do it but it's not really firing anything yeah it?
1: yeah it's a means to a grade. yeah um and yeah so I, and then I but then I came to the end of year 13 and because of all the the questions of, will drama schools be accommodating? Blah 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 blah. blah. And I didn't know who I was at that time, so sure. I didn't know my place in 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 in, in the world of theatre, in the world of drama, or whatever. Um, so I decided to go to university uh, to do philosophy.
0: Where where did you uh, go? Birmingham? Right.
1: Yeah. So I did that for
0: great city. Love Birmingham. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a. There are some, particularly a few pockets where it's just absolutely amazing, yeah. and then a few pockets where there's it's less so. That's ah, everywhere. But yeah, you exactly. Been to blackpool? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm into blackpool. Ah, I'll take you one time. Man. Yeah, there's mostly
0: no. not great pockets. There's I, one, the I, one. Honestly, the amount of times I've slagged blackpool off on this podcast, <laughs> they must fucking hate me. I'm not. I love it. I'm so proud. It's like one of those things. I can slag blackpool off a yeah. little bit because I'm from there. But if you do it, right, right. no, no go. You're not allowed. That towers a fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put <push> it. <laughs> so philosophy at Birmingham. Yeah. So were you thinking at this point? Ah, well, I'll just put it aside. The well, I mean, the the, drama there's drama the, for now. Or yeah, to put some, it in a box to and some maybe extent. It
1: to some extent, yeah. Um, I guess that had sort of gone through my mind, but you know, there's there's drama societies, and I did I did a play, um, did. Play there was a bit active within the um, drama society there, so I always thought, you know, that's an outlet for me. Yeah. Um, then I decided to do a um, an acting workshop, uh, screen screen acting workshop at the at the Mac with um, uh, the lovely Louise Osborne. Right. Um, and yeah, so I sort of got just built built up a a repertoire of um, uh, skills for camera and stuff. And I applied for this, you know, uh, disability uh, agency.
0: Um, were they based in Birmingham?
1: Uh, Worcester, oh. they were. Right, yeah. okay. Um, so called uh, Visable. And they, so I sent them, I sent them like, the clips of me and my pictures and stuff. And yeah, they, they, they took me on, um, which is really great. And then they got me the wrong, the <coughs> the, well, the, they thinking, got me the in- audition.
0: How is the philosophy going at this point? I, just that, can, I can give a fuck. I was going to say, it sounds like it's fallen by the wayside, yeah. and the extracurricular stuff of the Drama Society and the doing the plays is slightly overtaking what you went there originally for. Yeah,
1: I think I sort of, I did sort of struggle adjusting to university life. I um, had gone from like the structure of, right, go to school, this is your class, yeah. do it, the structure, whereas, University is a bit looser, yeah, much looser. Yeah,
0: my so, goddaughter's just started, yeah, at Leeds, and I was filming in Manchester. I said, oh, I've got a day off, I'm gonna come and take you for some lunch. I said, So, uh, when can, should I come in the evening? She went, Oh, no, like I'm only there like a day, two days a week. I'm yeah, like, what that's like, that's not even a structure, it's so loose. Yeah,
1: so I think even though philosophy was probably one of the things I was really interested in doing, I don't actually think it was probably the the degree for me, because I think I allowed myself to meander um, and not, like, I'd only have, like, one thing a day. Right. And if I only have one thing a day, fuck it, I can't be asked to go into uni for, you know, just an hour and then
0: are, back. Are you trying to say you need more discipline? Just, I think so.
1: Yeah. I think so. Um, either either all, <coughs> all of the discipline or none of it.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, yeah. Well, luckily you're an actor now. Exactly. So it's all about the discipline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, um, you better be on time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with joining this agency, was this audition one of the first ones? Yeah.
1: Uh, it was my second audition. Was it your first. second audition? Yes, I had one for Casualty. Um, and then, yeah, then I got this through for... Uh, sex Education season two. Um, when I saw it, it had the sec- first Sex Education hadn't come out. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I'd seen the trailer for yeah for it. Um, but yeah, and then I then I went through the audition process. And um, am I right in saying
0: that originally your role did they? Um... Define the disability or not? No, no. They
1: just—they literally just said, right. Here's Isaac. He is disabled, and then they sent the writers away, and then just be like, right. We don't know the disability. We're going to write it around the characters we cast, the act we cast. Um, but for now, just you know, write whatever disability you want. Sure. So the the one I read for um, just happened to be you know amputee. Um, but like, literally, I just went in there, and like you, you said at the beginning, that I'm quite like Isaac in some aspects
0: I, I mean I was half being facetious because yeah. when I when I first watched it he was getting my back up quite a bit because he was he was kind of annoying me and he was taking the piss with his own disability when he keeps dropping things. don't be doing that you yeah. bastard and yeah. also you know <laughs> I know what you want and you want her and you're doing this yeah. and even though his even though his disability doesn't really define who he is as a character yeah. he really pushes it
1: yeah he does right
0: to the edge, yeah
1: I mean he he sees how people would treat him, and he plays up to that he
0: really does just to
1: annoy people, and then that's definitely aspects of disability, so it's like if people are if people are going to pander to you mm. do it and make them feel bad
0: in the process <laughs> um, with things like that already in the script, because you go back to what I was saying, oh you've got a little touch of Arm in here, yeah, or were they working with you and going, oh, there's a lot of, there's a a mischief here, we can really Uh, build this.
1: I I don't know, because I think they, um, when I was cast, I didn't see any of the scripts, so I hadn't, I didn't know how much they'd adapted. Yeah. But I think he'd always been a, he'd always be a troublemaker and and, and stuff. Um, Yeah, so,
0: yeah. And how, how was it? How was it feeling that you've got this job? I mean this is the start of your career now, yeah, uh, and you're going on set and yeah, I mean, it was just all a bit crazy old. I think
1: uh, I thought of it did feel in some ways like it was it worked in parallel with my injury, which sounds really quite profound in some way. Yeah. Um because I think but similar thoughts went through through my head of why me? Why have I been chosen to to be in this show? Right. And it would've been like why me? Why me? Do I, why 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 did I get and why did I break my neck? Um I mean the se- the second thought that came in my head is Because you deserve it, which you know. I'm I'm not going to say the parallel. No, (laughs) exists. No,
0: Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. But you should think that. I mean, the amount of actors that I talk to, not even necessarily on the podcast, but like when I'm working with, and the forever with imposter syndrome. You know, it just happens all the time. God. not sure if I'm good enough to be, or are they sure I've got the right person? It happens to everybody.
1: Yeah, and I think some of the aspects still that that does still go through my head sometimes when when I realise that I'm quite similar in a lot of ways to Isaac. The fact that I don't for a lot of the parts I don't really have to act,
0: um, <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh shit! <laughs> I just got lucky. Um, hey, so many people do. Yeah, look. no, exactly. Oh my God, it's all about the look. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole, I mean the whole
1: process. Was actually, it was it's weird how many parallels there were. Yeah. So I was going in instead of instead of going into a hospital and then asking what that machine does, what does that machine do? I was going on onto on a set and asking, what? So what, why is this camera work like that? Why? Why? So who who are on um, the? Like the yeah, digital... What's your or, job? Yeah.
0: What, what what are you doing with those cables? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's odd. It was really odd, but going it's up. fascinating. Yes. I still, and I've been doing this twenty years. Sorry. I still ask, like, cameramen when they're changing the lens why they're changing that lens, yeah. f- for what reason they're doing it. I go,
1: oh, right, okay. And yeah. and I had been exactly the same when I first went into hospital and I'd always been the same, always been the same.
0: Well, um, can you just carry on being the same and educating yourself and learning? Because I think you're a fucking great bloke and I'm so thrilled that we managed to get this on. Thanks for coming on, George. What an absolute pleasure, man. And another episode is done. What an absolutely brilliant bloke George is. Very, very easy company. Great to talk to. And I really, really hope you enjoyed it. So thank you so much for downloading and subscribing I think we just need to carry on the conversation now more than ever. And that is what we intend to do. And next week, please give it up for Mr. Carl Pilkington is back on the podcast. And I can tell you, this may be one of the funniest episodes ever. All I can tell you is... Shall I tell you? Yeah, I'll tell you. So I was running a bit late. I had another meeting to go to, and then I had to go and meet Carl at his hotel. And I knocked on the door, and he opened the door. He was just in his underpants. I'll tell you exactly why Carl Pilkington opened his hotel room door to me in his underpants next week. Make sure you join us. Honestly. Bloody hell, Carl. Right. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Tell all your friends. And, um, yeah, we're going to see you back next week, all right? Until then, please look after yourself. Look after your loved ones. Be sensible, but also be kind. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care, all right? I'll see you next week. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.